0: and welcome to the Monash Perioperative Medicine podcast series. My name is Mincho King harris and today I'm delighted to be joined by my trans-Tasman colleague, Brian Chen. Uh, both Brian and myself are currently perioperative medicine anaesthetic fellows at the Alfred Hospital. Welcome, Brian. Thanks, Mincho. So today we're going to be talking about post-operative pulmonary complications. What are they? How to identify them? And what interventions w- uh, may help prevent them? So to begin, Brian, can you tell us how do we define post-op pulmonary complications and what is their significance? Sure, Mincho.
1: Um, post-op pulmonary complications, or PPCs, are common. They are costly and uh, major morbidities for patients um, following surgery. The reported incidence ranges from about 9% to 40%, depending on the definition you use or the population studied. Some people may not be aware of this, um, but clinically significant PPCs are at least as common as post-operative cardiac complications in non-cardiothoracic surgery. Um, PPCs are associated with 20 to 45% mortality, reduced quality of life, longer hospital stays, and increased remission back to the hospital. And looking at the Australian data, the additional healthcare costs attributable to PPCs is evaluated at roughly around $30,000 per patient. And in terms of the definitions of PPCs, historically, a wide range of composite outcomes have been used to define post pulmonary complications, making comparison of clinical trials difficult and potentially non-standardised. The list is not exhaustive, but includes anything from pneumonia to bronchospasm, pneumothorax, and PE. So in 2018, to counter the inconsistency and aim to standardise pulmonary outcomes, International Collaborative Group published a systemic review in BJA recommending four key PPC endpoints to um, ensure future perioperative clinical trials um, have something to focus on and standardise. And these are atelectasis, pneumonia, ARDS, and pulmonary aspiration. Assessment of severity from mild to severe is also included in this definition as well. Uh, the other diagnoses were excluded as they do not share a common biological mechanism and should be um, really evaluated separately.
0: Uh, thank you, Brian. So, many of the listeners will be aware of some of the well known risk factors for post operative pulmonary complications, uh, such as smoking, COPD, asthma, heart failure, or poor functional capacity, mm. and yeah. um, sleep apnea. Mm. But, uh, Brian, are there any specific risk factors which are more useful when it comes to evaluating patients? at risk of developing post-operative pulmonary complications when you're seeing them in the pre-op clinic.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, Mincho. Um, there are definitely a few risk factors, including the ones you've, you've just mentioned, which um, highlighted in various literature. Interestingly, uh, just on a side note, studies have shown um, performing routine spirometry, uh, chest X-ray, or arterial blood gas add minimal value in predicting uh, PPCs. Um, Investigations with good predictor correlation include hypoalbuminemia with albumin less than 30 grams per litre, which reflect poor nutrition status and peak oxygen consumption of less than 14 mils per kilogram per minute on CP testing. And in terms of the risk calculation, there have been multiple risk indices uh, developed throughout the years for predicting PPCs. Uh, Many of these indices, however, have major limitations as they were generated from retrospective database and lack external validations. Currently the most uh, robust, uh, so to speak, uh, risk calculator out there is probably the ARISCAT risk score. ARISCAT was developed from a large multi-centre prospective study. It is very easy to use and you can easily find a calculator online and do um, your quick risk prediction calculation. Um, This database, Stratify, patients into low, intermediate and high-risk groups using seven independent risk factors uh, of PPCs, uh, which are age over 50 years of age, preoperative anaemia of hemoglobin less than 100 grams per litre, um, respiratory infection within the last month, low preoperative saturations of less than 96% while breathing room here, intrathoracic or upper abdominal surgery, duration of surgical procedures more than two hours, and emergency surgery.
0: Oh, that's very interesting. Um, So can you tell us a bit about the evidence behind the ARISCAT score?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, The ARISCAT risk score has been uh, then subsequently externally validated by other studies, uh, including the Las Vegas study, which um, highlighted a few more patient and interoperative risk factors, uh, such as dependent functional status, ASAO3 or more, interoperative blood transfusion and colon infusion, use of phasoactive drugs. Uh, it is important to appreciate that um, these may just be the surrogate markers of sicker patients who are more likely to develop PPCs anyway, and these studies are prospective observational studies, uh, not randomised studies,
0: which impose certain limitation to their validity. Oh, very interesting. Um, there have been some interesting recent publications that emphasise the importance of pre op education and physiotherapy. Could you tell us a bit more about them?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, pre op education and physio and respiratory training create this concept of prehabilitation and play a major role in preventing post op pulmonary complications. Um, a recent randomised controlled trial published by the Tasmanian Group showed that pre-op physiotherapy education on deep breathing is effective in reducing PPCs by up to almost 50% in elective major abdominal surgery, um, which is pretty amazing. Other studies have also shown that um, pre-operative inspiratory muscle training is associated with reduction of post-operative atlexuses and pneumonia in cardiac and uh, major abdominal surgery. And on top of that, um, preoperative education and respiratory training represent the cornerstones of our very well-known PPC, preoperative prevention care packages, such as ICOF uh, and ERAS Plus, which you may have heard of. Um, uh, ICOF stands for Incentive Spirometry, Coughing, Deep Breathing, uh, Oral Care Understanding, which is education, getting out of bed and head of bed elevation, and ERAS Plus is essentially your normal ERAS protocol with the ICOF uh, component added to it. Um, these programs have been shown to be quite successful in preventing PPCs with reported reduction rate of approximately 40%, which is pretty high again. Um, and similarly at the Alfred, our anaesthetic department has recently implemented a prevention care bundle Uh, which incorporates patient education on breathing exercises uh, preoperatively with the aim to reduce uh, our local uh, post-op pulmonary complication rate.
0: So, Brian, once we get these patients to surgery, one Mm. of the things we can do for high-risk patients is to encourage our surgical colleagues to use uh, minimally invasive surgical techniques and also to minimise the duration of the surgery to reduce these post-op pulmonary complications. Uh, from the anaesthetic point of view, what are some of the intraoperative things that we can do to minimise the risks? Hmm. So for us, um, our
1: anaesthetic techniques would include choice of anaesthetics, ventilation strategy, fluid administration, and use and monitoring of neuromuscular blockade agents. Um, when it comes to um, the choice of anaesthetics, both neuroaxial and regional techniques provide good multimodal OPS-bearing analgesic regime, Neuroaxal blockade, particularly thoracic epidural, uh, decrease the risk of post pulmonary complications, especially in the high-risk patients uh, when compared with GAs alone. In terms of ventilation, lung protective ventilation strategy can uh, help minimize ventilator associated lung injury and subsequent uh, post pulmonary complications. The strategy was first developed in an ICU setting, published by ArtsNet trial in 2000. Subsequently, the strategy has been translated into the anaesthetic setting. Uh, it incorporates low tidal volume of six to eight mils per kilogram of your ideal body weight, low inspiratory pressure of less than 30 centimetres of water, and positive in expiratory pressure (PEEP) uh, of five or more centimetres of water to prevent your volume trauma, barotrauma and intellectual trauma, respectively. So far, studies have shown that for about every one centimetre of water pressure increase in your peak pressure or driving pressure, uh, there is a 3% or 16% increase in risk of developing PPCs, respectively. And um, so far, high level of PEEP and recruitment manoeuvre um, have not been shown to be protective against PPCs. Um, Currently, the optimal level of PEEP is not known, um, but multiple studies are currently underway to investigate the topic. And um, also, I'd just like to highlight that high intraoperative FiO2 should be avoided to minimise absorption atelectasis and oxidative stress to the lungs. Um, High FiO2 have been shown to associate with dose-dependent increased risk of developing PPCs with a recent uh, study undertaken in collaboration of NELA, which is National Emergency Leprotomy Audit, show an increase in FiO2 of 5%. is associated with the subsequent increase of PPCs by about 8%. With fluid administration, as previously mentioned, um, interoperative blood transfusion or colloid infusion Associated with increased risk of uh, post diaphragm complications. However, I should emphasize that this is a correlation only rather than a causation, as results were derived from observational studies. And until we have robust evidence from randomized controlled trials, we can only advise caution, use of interoperative blood transfusion and um, colloid infusion. Uh, and in terms of flu regime, from the studies, we know excessive liberal fluid have, um, have shown to be uh, an, a factor of increased risk of PPCs. And um, from Professor Paul Myers' relief trial paper, uh, there's a signal that there may be no difference in postoperative risk uh, of pneumonia between restrictive or modestly liberal flu regime. With neuromuscular blockade use, postoperative residual blockade uh, is another important risk factor for post pulmonary complications. And quantitative neuromuscular monitoring is superior to qualitative analysis for guiding your reversal uh, of these agents and the, um, with its proper use, it can really reduce the post pulmonary complications.
0: Yes, that's right. Uh, quantitative monitoring of the neuromuscular junction is really important um, as qualitative measures have been shown to be inaccurate. Mm. And there's been recent evidence to highlight this um, by showing that when neostigmine is administered when it's not needed, you, it itself will create a um, muscle weakness. So gamedex uh, is becoming more and more popular and has been shown to have a faster and more effective reversal of deep neuromuscular blockade than neostigmine. Mm. And um, there's a potential for it to reduce post-op pulmonary complications as well. However, we're still waiting on definitive evidence from our randomized control trial to show this. Yeah, that's right. So moving on to the post-op period, what mm. strategies would you recommend to reduce the risk of pulmonary complications?
1: Mm. Post-operative strategies uh, need to place emphasis on early mobilization, regular breathing exercises, your dynamic analgesia, consideration of non-invasive respiratory support um, and avoidance of routine nasogastric gastric tube insertion. Physiotherapy input and early mobilisation play a, f- a very important role in reducing post-op pulmonary complications with evidence uh, to suggest the risk of occurrence is three times more likely for each post-operative day patients stay in bed and not mobilise. Um, And regular breathing exercise such as multiple deep breaths followed by coughs appear to be as equally effective as incentive spirometry in recovery of lung function. And they have been shown to be impactful in preventing um, PPCs. Again, this is part of the prevention care bundle our anesthetic department has recently implemented at the Alfred. Uh, With analgesia, adequate post-op analgesia is very important and it enables patients to mobilise and perform their breathing exercises effectively to avoid atelectasis and development of pneumonia. Um, Dynamic analgesia options such as thoracic epidural seem to be superior to on-demand delivery of opiates in preventing post-op complications. And your epidural analgesia may further reduce PPCs compared to um, IV opiates, especially in COPD patients, uh, for example, undergoing open abdominal surgery. The bottom line is that multimodal OPS-bearing analgesic regime, including neuroaxial or regional catheter technique, should be considered for these high-risk patients. Postoperative non-invasive respiratory support with CPAP has been found useful in specific surgical populations such as postcardiac surgery and obese patients and there is some evidence to suggest a trend towards reduction in PPCs with use of high flow nasal oxygen therapy when compared to conventional oxygen therapy or CPAP even. Um, And with a non-ICU setting, oral hygiene therapy and head of bed elevation are both included in successful ICOF and ERAS Plus programs, which I mentioned before, Um, but at this point, Peroperative oral hygiene therapy as a standalone intervention has um, been shown to be effective in elective cardiac surgery, but evidence for its use in non-cardiac setting uh, is currently lacking. Uh, and there has been no study done to examine the benefits of head of bed elevation and non-mechanically ventilated post-op patients.
0: So, Brian, you mentioned the post-op pulmonary co- complication prevention initiative that we started at the Alfred. Hmm. Do you mind telling us a bit more about this program?
1: Yeah, certainly, Mincho. Um, Our team has recently launched a PPC prevention care bundle with the aim to reduce post-op complication rate uh, at the Alfred. Our target high-risk population is elective cardiac and major abdominal surgical patients. Um, the major part of our prevention care package includes pre-operative education via format of a short video which we ask the patients to watch when they come to the pre-assessment clinics. The video contains information about post-op pulmonary complications and the four pillars of prevention which are breathing exercises which consists of three sets of 10 slow deep breaths followed by three coughs to be performed hourly on the hour. Um, early mobilisation, and early effective analgesia, and lastly, the head of bed elevation. Uh, This this video is also uploaded to our Alfred Health TV YouTube channel, so patients can go home and watch it as many times as they like. Um, We're currently near the end of the feasibility phase of the study, and we will launch into the main part of the study, and look at the effect of the care bundle uh, on the incidence of uh, PPCs once the feasibility study is finished. Um, so stay tuned for that.
0: Uh, thanks for your time, Brian. Uh, that's been very informative. So, just mm. to summarise some of the take home messages. So, uh, firstly, po- post operative pulmonary complications are as common as post operative cardiac complications mm-hmm. and have a significant impact on both patients and the healthcare system. Yeah, that's right. There is recent evidence to support the use of physiotherapy and pre-op education in reducing these complications, Mm -hmm. and it's important to engage the whole multidisciplinary team in any program to reduce Mm. these complications. I'd Mm. also like to thank the listeners as well. Mm. Thanks for your time. Thank you.